0: we say good day and thanks so much for joining us today i'm hanging with daryl daniels and daryl you have a hand in many things across the state of florida especially the bay area you're you're a proponent for folks bettering themselves to say the least and you told me about a program called cpr or community police relationship free how you doing today daryl i'm great this morning frank thank you how are you Oh, I'm doing well. I can't complain, man. You know, you've uh, you've been at this for a minute, uh, at least for the last year with this particular effort with CPR, right? Yes. Tell me a little bit about it.
1: Well, you know, we've always had. Well, Derek Brooks Charities and the Florida Consortium of Urban League Affiliates, through a partnership with the Office of the Attorney General, have always operated youth crime prevention intervention programs. And what we decided to do last year here at Derrick Brooks Charities, as it relates to CPR, is we started the term CPR, I can breathe. We've always had police community relations for the past uh, almost 15 years. I've been with the charity and even when I was with the Urban League, working with the community and law enforcement to bridge the gap between the police and the community. We've done that through uh, forums. Uh, We've done that through activities. Uh, back-to-school bashes. But when the pandemic hit, and we noticed the protests, the riots last year, we continued that via Zoom, the electronic platform, and we were able to gather a wider audience, not only in-state, but we had chiefs and sheriffs, and then some that are out-of-state, that were out-of-state. So we wanna continue the conversation with the forum that we had uh, during the pandemic.
0: And Daryl, this acronym, CPR, that's not by accident, right?
1: No, sir, if you look at CPR, is a community
0: police relation. But if you look at George Floyd,
1: I can't breathe. What do we do to people who can't breathe? We give them CPR. So our goal is let's work together so that our community can breathe. And the way we can breathe is that the community and police work together to enhance the relationships. So when police community work together, we're least likely to have so many incidents that involve
0: negative conflict between the police and the community. Have some of these incidents really taken your breath away as you take Mm -hmm. a step back and look at the big picture? Because we're not talking about just right here in the Bay Area or even statewide, but you're seeing something uh, from a bird's eye view. You're seeing the entire map of the United States as uh, this disconnect continues to happen, and it has consequences. Right. Right.
1: Yes, we're seeing it all over the, the, the nation. And that's why I think we enjoy a distinct advantage here in the Bay Area, whereby we're not perfect, but we have a leg up because every month we have a, an advisory committee that meets. And our advisory committee is supported by our Sheriff Chad Chronister, our Tampa Police Chief uh, Brian Dugan, our Air Force PD Chief Charlie uh, Vasquez. And we have members that serve on our advisory committee from Major Anthony Collins from the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office, uh, cap uh, uh, major um calvin johnson tampa police department officer jimmy bizzle and officer jimmy bizzle joined me every monday and wednesday to work with young people on zoom who are court ordered and the measurement of a good effective police department is not when they want to work with you when they're in uniform i have two officers that i meet with weekly to have discussions and they help me with these cpr i use them as my moderators because I want to get them out there. I've been doing this forever. And that's Lieutenant Carl Davis, who retired from Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office, and Major Rocky Ratliff, who retired from Tampa PD, who commanded one of the largest districts in um, in East Tampa. So we have a wonderful relationship with our law enforcement, our community, but also on the other side of the bay, I have a great relationship with Sheriff Walter uh, area over in uh, Pinellas County, uh, Chief Tony Holloway, St. Pete PD, friend of mine, and of course, Chief uh, Dan uh slaughter over at Clearwater. So our goal is to work together with community and law enforcement, these neighborhood groups, uh, the community-based group, whether it be parks or recs, whether it be a uh, African-American-based organization, our faith-based institutions, when we say police-community relations, how do we all work together to bridge the gap between police and community?
0: Daryl, I've got to tell you, I keep hearing you use the word relations and relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That must be paramount, you know, considering what we're trying to do here. You really emphasize the word relationships in the midst of Mm -hmm. these, these uh, connections that you're trying to build. And it, it's, it's tough and it's not
1: going to happen overnight, but you got to get to know one another. We do an exercise that called, you know, as I see you, as you see me, then we do an exercise also one that's funded by, uh, the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office cools community law enforcement work, educational workshops. I do that, but going into the s- school district with 40 deputies, I mean, 40 youth and 10 deputies Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office, four hours. We do a workshop on just asking them basic things. You know, who drives a silver car? Whose favorite color is red? Who was born in the month of September? And you would be shocked at the interaction that youth will have with police. They're shocked to know that police just didn't drop out in the sky from the sky that they have children that they have to sometime go to the school and have to correct. So if you don't have that conversation, interaction, working together, you don't see each other as as people. And a lot of times the law enforcement, if you don't get out of the car, you're only responding to bad calls. Every once in a while, there's a good call. But also in the community, if you don't talk to the police, oftentimes, when you see or hear of the police, you know you're telling your kid as we can we can ingrain in our kids, and some of it is the police fault. we can ingrain in our kids mind that the police is a bad person from from a young age. If you run a red light, you got a kid say, look back and see if you see the police. What does that tell the kid down the road that okay, the police will get you if you run a red light. But it doesn't say, OK, if you need to talk to someone, go talk to the police. I tell my friends when they take their kids to college, especially African-American boys, black boys, go down to the police station. Take your kid down to the police station. Say, my son is here new in this town. I want to meet the police chief, especially those on scholarships or just regular college students. You want to connect with those law enforcement agencies. I say I strongly suggest that. I don't care where you go. Go down and connect with your law enforcement agency.
0: You are a proponent for that invitation yes what are the responses you get to that
1: well some of them say well that's a great idea and some say i never thought of that and you know what i I need to do that and and one of them had actually did it down in miami and i happen to have a few friends down in miami and i always tell them that hey it's better to have the law enforcement to know your child and your child to know law enforcement in a positive light than in a not so positive light. And that's where the communication comes in. Like just imagine a police chief sitting in his office or even somebody who's the commander. has this kid coming to college here in Tampa. He wants to meet you and want to take a picture with you. Or oh, how did you hear about me? I just wanna come and connect with you. That says a lot to that law enforcement, especially now. And I've tried to get young people and law enforcement to, to connect and take pictures together. One of the things we did in this police community relations or community law enforcement education workshop in the school district, when they start filing in, man, these kids want nothing to do with these deputy man. I don't wanna to talk to him. I don't want nothing to do. I'm not taking a picture. Towards the end, after four hours, they, they, want, they want to stay. They want more.
0: And that's because they've had dialogue and communication. And so you're saying you want both sides to see the humanity in one another. I want both sides. This is not
1: one side. It's not 51-49. This is 50-50. Uh, but when it comes down to youth, it's more tilted towards the adults in the law enforcement side. Because children are not going to just automatically gravitate to law enforcement. So it's incumbent upon law enforcement now so more than ever to reach out towards children because I, you know, a few friends, the law enforcement chief, everybody is down in recruitment and hiring. You're not gonna get where you need to be if you're gonna wait till career day in college and go to a college fair to try to recruit officers because let's face it, most college kids by their own admission have smoked weed, probably this morning. And now everybody, well, in this Bay Area got a two year wait. So they got a two year pipeline, but if you work towards having those explorers, if you work towards having those uh, police uh, youth uh, groups that you can mold them from 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, then you can feed your own pipeline. You don't have to wait to show up at Florida State Family, BCU, University of Florida, and then get a kid that smoked weed this morning, yesterday, last year, and you got to wait an infinite amount of times
0: before you can put them through the academy. Daryl, tell me, resuscitation, you know, that is the process of reviving someone. That's right. From apparent death. Is that how far gone the relationship is? We saw it. We saw it all
1: over the nation last year. Um, Some people say, well, the media created it. The media made it worse. Well, the media went out, And show what they saw. And I say to the community and to law enforcement, the media didn't call people and say, I want you to do this and we're going to come here and we're going to last this long. You report what you see and what you saw last year is a true disconnect. And what we've been saying for years, you have to work together. People have to know one another. We have to work together in, in the community with law enforcement. Back in the 80s, most law enforcement agency had a police community relations division. Some disbanded them because they said every officer should be a police community relations person. Well, it didn't turn out that way. So co- police community relations is great because what we found in the 80s and the 90s, when you have true police relations, community police relations range, the people in the inner city, the most troubled community are more likely to call the police and say it's him. Folk tell you that well, the black community, protected black community, they don't look and see in Atlanta or Harris County, in Houston, Texas, or in Alameda County in, in um, Oakland. These are places where black people send black people to prison all the time. So there's no group of people that says we're going to let crime permeate and, and overflow in our community. It's people are least likely to call the police because they know they're not going to get the Connection and the likely outcome
0: that they expect. Well, Daryl, tell me this, the officers that you have and the deputies that you have involved uh, and the folks who have retired from law enforcement, do they all look like us? Or do you have people involved who are of a different race who, who may help with this outreach? Because some might say that you're preaching to the choir when you bring folks who look like us already know what it may take to make a connection with us. Well, most of
1: them are African-American or black officers, but we have white officers. When we have our community events, the white officers show up and they have to interact with the young people the same as everyone else. I don't care what your title is, you're gonna interact. Our chief comes to the event. Chief is playing basketball, he's drinking coffee, he's gonna talk to the kid, get down to earth. Chief will tell the kids, you know, they ask him something personal and say, my wife can't boil water, okay? We have, they have to come to these events and really connect with the community. Now, I don't expect at all time that we're gonna have these executives, like the sheriff. We work the fairgrounds with the sheriff Friday night, the police chief um, and the airport police chief. They're gonna come to all of these events that we do because they are busy. Running their agency, but you give us the people that are going to interact with the community, and that's where we start. And the beauty about having those black officers first, it will give the young people uh, entree into law enforcement because it's something most people don't 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 know or don't think uh, about. Uh, Frank is the fact that those black officers are least likely to be trusted by the black community than white officers. So. It's a historical acceptance that the white officer is going to be the police. But when the black officer come, well, why are you doing this? So it's a total education of our community. Where does this passion come from? It, it comes from working with law enforcement. It comes from working with the city of Tampa when there were riots. It comes from working with young people. It comes from You know, looking at everything I see on television, it it comes from the fact that I I have seen all sides of this. And once again, it's more incumbent upon law enforcement to reach out to the community. But we got to have people in the community to help. We got to have people in the community to help. I want to see crime down in the Black community. The passion comes from, you know, how do I help young people become successful? And, and I want to make it clear, the CPR is not the sole focus. My major focus is how do I save black and brown children and children in general? I want to save everybody, but my focus is young black and brown people, especially black males. I want us to be equally upset when a black male is killed by a black male than when he's killed by the police. For the mother who sent me a text message when they were doing the protest on File Avenue for George Floyd, who said, I don't want anybody to know this. Please, I don't want, because I don't want to disrespect George Floyd's family. But I see this national move for George Floyd, even in Tampa, and some of the people I see at the protest were with my son when he got murdered and nobody saw anything. Nobody knows anything. Nobody knows anything. So that's a death. Does he matter? So I don't want all deaths to be, to be important when they're at the hands of the police. I want all deaths to matter in my community and I
0: wanna save all of my children. That's where my passion is. Understood. I've covered so many marches in the community, our mm-hmm. community, as you know, I am uh, still new to this community, but I say our community. And there are many of us who are passionate about stopping the violence and saying, make it stop, I'm willing to tell. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I I hope that, you know, folks don't get explicit and think that nobody's willing to say anything. Um, But I I believe in what you're doing here. And I've got to ask you, are you hopeful?
1: I'm very hopeful. I believe that we can make a dent into this process. When you take a young person who carried a gun to school in 92, 93. And the principal and the system said, work with this young lady all over the news. And we worked with her, pre-trial diversion program. And she was able to carry a gun years later as a police officer. I'm very hopeful.
0: Is that now, right? That's not gonna
1: happen nowadays, okay? Yeah. And that's sad, but we, they were in a forgiving mode. I, I'm hopeful when I could see a young man who had a negative conflict with the police in College Hill area I used to work in. Who then become police chief in Tampa, Chief Eric Ward. I, I am hopeful. When I see a guy who grew up in Tampa in the East uh, Inner City, not only become police chief of Clearwater and one in Iowa, but also become the police chief in St. Pete, I, I'm hopeful. So. Yes, there's some negative things that goes on in law enforcement, a lot of them, And we've got to change some minds and hearts in law enforcement. There are some people who, uh, it's going to take the administration, the people at top to weed them out. But then I want to say the majority of the people that put on that uniform are people that are willing to roll up their sleeves and connect with the community. So I don't want to paint a broad brush that all of them are that way. I can tell you from all sides, I've seen all sides. There are those that need to be corrected, but there are those that need to be corrected
0: in every occupation on earth. Final question for me, Daryl, how do folks get involved if they want to help out with this effort? What must they, they do?
1: They can go on to our website, www.db55.org, wwwdb and they can go on the Office of Attorney General website, www.preventcrimeconference.com. We're gonna do a national conference in August, National Conference on Preventing Crime. We're gonna train law enforcement officers and youth from all over the country. We didn't have it last year because of the pandemic, but I look forward to a robust conference where we connect the community and law enforcement, not only from around the state, but around the country, Jamaica, Hong Kong. It's the largest crime prevention conference of its kind in the country.
0: All right, Daryl Daniel CPR, breathing life into the community through his words and his actions. I can't thank you enough for your time and your wisdom today. And we thank you all so much for listening to us. Until next time, have a good one.